Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. And God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding, His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life, it's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious, think well, advance good. This is Q. The average church attendance for church-going kids is 1.7 times a month. That comes out to about 24 hours in a year, and I will just come out and say you can't build discipleship built on that kind of attendance. Hi, and welcome to this week's Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. I'm Paul Perot from Faith Radio, and Gabe, the last few months with the pandemic shutdown, with schools and churches closed, and many summer activities our kids would have been involved with canceled, Parents have had a lot more time with their kids. And that can be positive, of course. It also can be revealing. And I think where I want to go with us today is what is it revealing? What is it revealing about your relationship with your children? What is it revealing about their spiritual maturity, their emotional maturity, their resilience, their ability to adapt to change? What is it revealed about our own ability to be resilient in a season where so much has changed, so much has been demanded of us, so many things have been out of our control and you start to realize a lot about yourself and how you respond. And so today we're having a conversation with Valerie Bell, who's the CEO of Awana, about this idea of resilience. And then I'm going to talk with the person delivering the talk, Valerie Bell. She's the CEO of Awana, which is a worldwide nonprofit ministry that focuses on Bible-based evangelism and discipleship solutions for ages two years old to 18. What you're going to learn from listening to this particular conversation is the importance of your own discipleship. You know, we're all discipling people, whether we know it or not. They're listening. They're watching what you're doing. They watch what you prioritize, what you care about. And by you taking a moment to just sit and reflect on how are you being discipled? And then what is it that you can pass on to the next generation, to your children? Uh, I think that's going to make us better. And so I'm excited for you to first listen to her Q Talk. And then following that, the conversation with Valerie Bell. If what they say is true, that a picture is worth a thousand words, then this picture must be worth about a million. This is Hayden, and he is standing in front of his flagpole at his school on a day called See with the Pole. There's just one problem, and that is that he is the only one from his school who is there. You just look at that picture and you see the awkward vulnerability of a kid who's kind of halfway between being a child and being a man. You wonder what's going on in his head. Uh, fortunately, his mother, Stacy Philpott, blogged about what he was thinking. And she told us that at first Hayden thought, uh, you know, they'll probably show up. So I'll pray for the cars going by that they will have their hearts pricked when they see a kid praying here. <laughs> but then when he realized that they were not coming, his prayer became a slightly more desperate tone to it. And he prayed, oh, God, do something with my standing alone here. And uh, I'll tell you something else. I just kind of fell in love with this kid, too, because he showed us what resilience looks like. He showed us that a generation of kids can be resilient, and he gave us real hope uh, for their futures. And so um, I think that I want to posit today that this talk about the future of faith 
being grounded in resilient discipleship with our kids and young people today is the most crucial conversation that the church should be having. What is resilient? Resilient is a quality describing the spiritual elasticity of a child or an adult. It is the resistant strength to bend and flex, but not break against the weight of culture. The good news is that resilience can be learned. It's not just something you're born with or without it. And the equally good news is that we can learn to teach it. As we look at discipleship, it's very important as we look at the future and we try to figure out what these kids will be going through uh, up to the year 2050 when they become adults, that we see what elements of resilient need to be built into their discipleship. So let's take some looking uh, right now at some of the shifts. We are going through some seismic cultural shifts, and our kids are caught right in the middle of them. Uh, first of all, the family is changing. The family is experiencing a seismic shift in structure. 50% of American children will experience the breakup of their homes during their childhoods. And of those children, there is an epidemic now in fatherlessness. Awana is a practitioner. We experience these tragedies in children's lives because they're acted out in our clubs. And besides that, um, there are many things that are happening with our Awana program because of what's happening to the family. The handbooks that used to come back filled in from parents are coming back empty. Parents are overwhelmed with their lives and they are just sometimes getting by. And so uh, this wonderful theory that we have that the family is the primary place of spiritual formation is being tested right now because uh, it's not working out that way. It is not the reality. Unless we are willing to change how we approach this, we are just uh, tone deaf to the culture. And so um, I think this is very fascinating. It makes me wonder what can we do. Uh, the Harvard Center on the Developing Child, which studied resilience in children, concluded after their groundbreaking study that no matter the source of hardship, the single most common factor for children who end up doing well is having the support of at least one stable and committed relationship with a parent, caregiver, or other adult. When I take this in, I see the potential of the church to become the caring, loving adults in children's lives, so many of whom are traumatized at home. If we could just re-envision who we are in this resilient child discipleship journey. Then um, the second thing that is happening is that we are having a seismic shift in church vitality. Church is no longer the center of communities. Every week, in fact, in the United States, 100 to 200 churches close. Um, I take some comfort in that a lot of churches are open, uh, also being planted during this time. Maybe another stat speaks more directly to the vitality of the church, and it is this one, that uh, the average church attendance for church-going kids is one point seven times a month. That comes out to about 24 hours in a year, and I will just come out and say you can't build discipleship built on that kind of attendance. The church is losing the family's primary allegiance, and we are losing our kids. The retention rate after high school is reflected in a dropout rate of 59 to 64 percent of kids once they get to college. 
I'm going to add to this one more shift, and that is the heightened velocity of secular culture. Secular culture has come in like a tsunami into our our own homes, and it has come right into the palm of our kids' hands. They now go to the screen to find out how to think, how to act, who to run with. In fact, I think it's not uh, very far um, to say that many of our kids are actually screen disciples. That is where their allegiance is. That is where their affection is. That is where their identity is, which is another definition of discipleship. The culture is also becoming increasingly oppositional to Christian values. And so um, the future, as we look at the future, 2050, when this, these kids will be adults, it's very possible, unless there is an intervention, that the church will be marginalized and silenced. And, you know, let's just throw COVID-19 in with all of these things that are so frightening. Uh, now we know that there is a precariousness and unpredictability to life that we didn't recognize before. So when we consider all of this, uh, all of these trends going to the future, one thing is sure. It is this generation will need a kind of resilient discipleship like few modern generations before them. All of this would be overwhelming if it wasn't for my strong belief that God loves his church and that just like with Hayden, his eyes are searching the earth for Issachar type leaders. What do I mean by that? Issachar was a tribe that David uh, benefited greatly from their spiritual gifts. They were described as a tribe who understood the times and knew what to do. I believe that God's eyes are searching the earth, looking for Issachar-type leaders for today. He's looking for gifted leaders who also know what to do, who are gifted in strategy, who can bring us together to work beyond promoting our own brands and labels and ministry silos. Those who can look to 2050 and actually dream about how to raise up the greatest generation of disciples all around this world. And those who will not give into defeatism, but will seize the promised land of 2050. I want to end by introducing you to a conversation I had with one of my grandsons. This is Reese when he was born. He was a failure to thrive baby. Uh, we thought we were losing him. We prayed over him. We sang over him. I want to show you a picture of Reese today because he's a little bit of a miracle. And I think because of the way he started out, he's a spiritually sensitive child. But he asked me the other day, he said, Lovey, have you ever heard God speak? And I said, I think God speaks to me, but I've never heard his voice. Have you? And he said, yes. And I said, well, do tell me about it. And he said, when I was in bed the other night, everybody was asleep except me. And I felt a hand on my shoulder. And I said, oh, Reese, were you afraid? And he said, no, I was really, really happy. I said, what did God say to you? He said, God said to me, I want you to love Jesus for the rest of your life. And I thought that this grandma was supposed to hear that so that she would say to the world's children, resilient discipleship means loving Jesus for the rest of your life. Isn't that what spiritual resilient discipleship is? I pray this generation will find in Jesus their primary allegiance, their greatest affection, and that they will follow him totally and identify with him completely. May it be so. Well, Valerie, I am so glad that you're with us, and I just so appreciated your talk that you gave at Q, where you were just reminding us of this important idea 
of resilience. And so thank you for being with us. And I just want to jump into one of your quotes. I want you to respond to this. You said in this talk, this talk about the future of faith being grounded in rooted discipleship with our kids and young people today is the most crucial conversation that the church should be having. Yeah. So we have a lot of urgent conversations that are happening during COVID-19. But apart from that, uh, the church can focus on certain areas and we go through eras. So we went through a spiritual formation era where self-care and spiritual processes were very important. Uh, Leadership has been another one of those things that is, is important. It's urgent. But I would say both of those two subjects are a part of this larger crucial conversation about discipleship. They are uh, feeders into discipleship, but they are not as crucial. They're urgent sometimes, uh, just like a lot of the conversations we're having about COVID-19 are urgent. They matter today. There's an immediate uh, to-do that has to happen with that. But a crucial conversation is one that looks into the future and says, wow, if we don't start paying attention to this today, we're going to have a real crisis on our hands. And so I would say that the uh, topic of discipleship, because I'm with Awana, uh, child discipleship is so very, very important for the future of the church. And we need to be looking at it today. Well, and this idea of resilience, and I know you've written the book on this related to discipleship for children, but the idea of resilience is so important in early child development. I mean, we know just from psychologists that a child's ability to show resilience throughout their early life into teenager world, into college, sets the stage for their success as an adult. And I know you're applying it specifically to the idea of spiritual development, but it feels like even in our culture, there's been a lot of recognition that some of our children just aren't as resilient as maybe children once were. I'm always interested, even coming through this pandemic, to see how children are responding to it. It it was funny, during the Q event, we actually talked to a couple of teenagers about it, and their response was, hey, we're actually really enjoying having a little break from from the constant (laughs) movement and productivity and constant demands. And it's actually been kind of nice to actually take a break and to focus on some other priorities. And I I don't know that many people would assume that kids would feel that way, but it's been interesting to see that, you know, their ability to adjust, even our ability, I'm sure you've been impressed for yourself and your husband, like to just adjust to these crazy circumstances that if somebody would have told you you had to go through this six months ago, you might've said, I could never do that. No, we never would have believed that. And it happened to us within the space of days. So here's the thing. Resilience is um, not just something you happen to be born with or not. It's Here's the good news. It can be learned. It can be taught. And for uh, from the spiritual dimension of resilience, discipleship is the muscle that builds resilience. So Angela Duckworth, in one of her books, Grit, talked about um, grit is what you think when you fall down. And just like you've talked about, these kids are saying, hmm, there's some good things about this. You know, they're showing a certain amount of resilience and grit. But if you can't apply the scriptures that are always so very terribly optimistic about uh, God's provision in difficult times, all of these things can make such a difference in how we get through difficult times. 
And so, yeah, let's learn resilience. Let's make sure that when our kids are coming to us at churches, we're not just spiritually entertaining them or, you know, uh, hurting them in great big crowds, uh, numbers, but that we're actually doing the work of discipleship. So we have this a dream that God gave us in the midst of COVID of all things. Uh, where we felt he was saying to us, raise up the greatest generation of disciples. That's awesome. Well, I love that. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of your work. Awana has been something that many children churches have used as a program to try to disciple children from the earliest ages. I know when I was four years old, I was part of the Awana program. It was called Sparkies, I think, at the time. <laughs> and, and I remember getting the little red vest. And as I memorized scripture, I'd get the jewel that you could put on. Yes. And, you know, it was, it was this beautiful thing. I mean, all the way through my elementary years into sixth grade, where I learned so much scripture. And I realized now in my life, how critical that foundation was. And at the time, I wouldn't have realized it. At the time, my parents just wanted me to be absorbing scripture when I'm in that early grammar stage, right, where we children are like sponges, and they'll just take in anything that you give them. I remember doing that and then realizing as I became older, and our family lived in New York City for a season, and remembering and thinking back, wow, without that foundation, I'm not sure I can navigate some of the things I'm called to navigate right now. And so for those listening, I would just say, whether it's Awana, which I'm a huge fan of, in any way that you as a parent or as a friend can mentor young people, there's a huge opportunity. And I agree with you, Valerie, this season, I think this is the opportunity for the church is discipleship. Mm. We know the components of discipleship now. And you talked about one of them that, uh, you know, hiding the word of God in your life even as a small child, you didn't really need those verses yet, but they were there when you hit the wall of real life when you were older and they were um, ministering and speaking into your decision-making and your identity and a lot of the things that you were probably struggling with as an older or a teenage boy. So I would really challenge anybody who's working in the church, not just in the children's wing, but in the church to ask the hard question, are we making disciples? We do have the possibility of raising a unique generation of disciples, a unique uh, group of a generation who can navigate in their culture, not be marginalized by the culture or silenced by the culture. And we can help them now with that. I feel like we're all being discipled at some point anyway, right? I mean, even our children, even if we don't realize it, if we're not being intentional, the culture is discipling them through your program with Awana they actually end up having some sort of a mentor or discipler in their life that's not their parents. But isn't it true that the parents become such a critical force in all of this? Absolutely. Discipleship is built on three pillars. Uh, One of them is the, um, and this comes from Christian Smith's work, uh, Souls in Transition, where he studied this. Uh, And we've kind of taken this and a few other things and, and built this, what we call an identity model where they identify. This is the identity discipleship model. So the first leg on this three-legged stool is that these children have a relationship in a faith community with an adult. And they go as far as to say a bonded relationship. In this faith community, there will be an adult who knows their names, who this child knows that adult's faith story. There will be a sharing of life that is so secure and so present in this child's life that 
if mom and dad are falling apart at home, here's a safe place. Um, the second leg of the stool of this identification uh, model of discipleship is practice of spiritual forms. And so it's things like you talked about, memorizing scripture, knowing how to pray, attending church, all of those things begin to form what we call a worldview. So this first leg I talked about, this the presence of caring adults in a faith community would be affection. This builds a child's affection. The second thing that I'm talking about builds their worldview. What is truth? So when they come to church, when they're learning the Bible, even if they're not sure exactly what that is, they're forming a truth grid that other things that will come into their lives will go through. And then um, this third stool is taking that and having faith experiences. And so these faith experiences are things like when they read scripture, sometimes it may stand out in neon as if God is saying, this is for you. Or like you talked about, a verse that's memorized all of a sudden has real life application. Or there is a prayer that has been answered. Or they've been able to minister to another person in a way that they recognize the Holy Spirit's work in their own lives. I mean, we could go through a list of a hundred things like that. Here's the thing, though, Gabe. One of those legs of the stool does not produce disciples. So they need to work in combination. And and let's let's just bring the parents along for the ride. <laughs> if if they don't know how to disciple, we can help them. We yeah. can help them with well, that. I want you to talk about that. So what are for people listening and they've never had exposure to Awana or maybe their their church because I know in the past Awana always functioned through a specific local church. So if your church didn't happen to offer that program for your kids. There wasn't a real way to, to interact, but you guys have been working on that. And there's ways now for families to take advantage of these resources. So we are developing, we're in the middle of developing a resilient family track that would help parents not only teach their children resilience, but they would take this trip together. And because we recognize that even though children grow in the soil of their parents' faith, Parents are um, in need of that type of help themselves sometimes. So our plan is to take the whole family together. And of course, in uh, then in traditional club, uh, the handbooks come home. And I can tell you so many stories about parents who had no faith getting exposed to faith through their children's handbooks and coming to Christ. Even in this COVID season, we had so many churches who zoomed into homes to do the lessons. And there's mom and dad sitting there hearing for the first time uh, the gospel or hearing for the first time some aspect of discipleship. And, uh, you know, it was wow, here's a gift COVID gave us because we have this connection that's possible now that we uh, didn't have with our traditional program. So we are looking for exciting new ways to make that kind of connection and uh, totally open to the possibility that uh, not only are our children going to be discipled, but their parents are going to be discipled right along with them. And that's pretty exciting to me. It really is. And I, I think that's what happens when you start to disciple. You, you grow as the discipler. You become 
more resilient. You become more educated. You have to do a little bit of study. You, you're trying to answer those questions and it starts to sharpen you and you start to grow. And so I love you and your team and your commitment to our children because there's no question for the days ahead. I know we agree that our kids are going to need resilience more than ever in their own personal lives, physically, emotionally, and mentally, but, but spiritually, it's going to be critical. It's going to be where those convictions are birthed, where, where those convictions help ground them and root them and help them really understand what is true, what is not, how to avoid kind of the pitfalls that could be coming any day for them. And so I just am uh, encouraged by your work. And I hope everybody listening will take the time to go to awana.org because I want you to learn more about how they're doing this, because to see something scale at this rate over 70 years and reach 5 million children right now, but also be available to us in our own homes is just amazing. And so I, that can't happen fast enough, Valerie, in my opinion, for these parents to get their hands on this material and be able to use it. And I think in the season ahead, there's a new hunger for it coming out of this pandemic season. There's going to be a hunger for parents to just be told, here's what you do. Here's how you walk your children through one, two, three and help mm-hmm. them in their growth. And I think the church is just going to be a strengthened for it. So thank you for your good work. I agree. And thank you so much for having me with you today. Gabe, that was a great conversation you had with Valerie Bell of Awana. And it was great to hear how this ministry with such a long history of serving our children is taking seriously our cultural moment and has a vision for helping parents build resiliency into their kids. Just hearing her describe the heart behind that is going to be so important for us as the time goes forward. And so I'd encourage you to check out awana.org. Let's keep paying attention to see when this new resource is developed for families, and then I would encourage you to take advantage of it. I also want to remind you that this talk was originally recorded as part of our Q2020 virtual summit. I'm sure you've heard about that by now, but if for some reason you don't have access to this on Q Media, I want to encourage you to stop right now, go get your subscription to Q Media, and take advantage of seeing and actually watching these 40-plus talks from the virtual summit from leaders like Tim Keller or Priscilla Shire or Francis Chan and Voskamp and so many more. And so you can get your digital pass today, and you can do all that at qideas.org slash 2020. Scroll through that. Look at all the different talks and conversations you could be having with your children and start this process of discipleship. Begin it by learning together, listening together, talking. And then there's so many more resources that we've been able to put on Q Media over the last couple of months. It's just amazing. And so if you're not subscribing for $7.99 a month, I want to encourage you to do it. It's one of the best investments you're going to make. I know we're in tough economic times. I know it's challenging for all of us. But putting your money into something that's going to help people in your family and your friends actually have substantive conversations about issues and topics that matter from a Christian perspective, is one of the most important things we could be doing. So I hope you'll join in with this Q community and be a part of Q Media at qideas.org slash 2020. Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com.
To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.